0: You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Media Station WTUG HD2 Northport. W265 CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: It is 11 a.m. on a Friday morning. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, tied 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247 Sports.com network with you weekday mornings from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, Brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Go ahead and beat the rush. Go ahead and take care of Dad in advance of Father's Day. A couple Sundays away, it's upon us. And you can do that as well as you can anywhere else with Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. We told you about those unique handprints that you can get the little ones, even the big ones. Look. You know, you want to do an adult uh, offsprings handprint for dad? You can do that, too. Those frames that they do them in, they're plenty big enough, plenty big enough there at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison. And together, we combine to form the 60 bit a Woo! of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, you ready for the weekend?
1: i am man I'm, I'm i'm ready to uh be absolutely obnoxious on my show tonight and on the show tomorrow about college football playoff expansion finally coming through
2: you're uh you're ready for it you're ready for the 12 teamer which we don't need 12 teams i mean i think we all understand that i mean the most we really need is eight then we could then we could shut up the g5s you know you, you have a a spot for those folks. And then you could still have a couple wild cards. And I think you'd be fine at large purse, have your power five champs that that's really what you've got to have as a qualifier, Uh, have your G five best G five team. And then a couple of that at large bids, you know, get that second sec team in there. And then who knows where you go from there. And uh, you know, with this expansion to 12, I kind of feel like everybody else, Jacob, I don't know about you, but uh, you're going to probably have as many as three SEC teams now in this thing on an annual basis.
1: What do you think of that, Jacob? I'm fine with it. I just want good football that means something.
2: Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, I think there's a balance that the traditionalists want to see maintained between the integrity of the regular season and then also – Uh, Still being able to play this thing out maybe a little more extensively. But at the end of the day, we know it's all about the cash. It's all about the money. And so that's where 12 teams makes the most sense. You can more evenly spread the wealth and, uh, you know, incorporate the G5s. Um, You know, at the same time, you you think about the television rights, things like that, uh, what they're going to be worth. Uh, Yeah, it makes a lot of sense from a financial perspective, and nothing gets done despite its continued efforts to hide behind that faux fortress that is amateurism. Nothing happens in big-time college athletics without the mighty dollar being involved some way shape or form two zero five three four two nine nine zero four that is the Peterbrook chocolatier studio line if you'd like to jump on board with us talk some college football playoff expansion on the horizon a big recruiting weekend for Alabama in football to an extent not like last weekend where you had the seven official visitors in football and then you got the commitment for let from Le'Veon Moss the running back from Baton Rouge on Sunday evening Uh, Not to that extent this weekend. Now, next weekend, shaping up football once again being a big official visitors weekend. But when you think about basketball, five-star point guard expected on campus this weekend, Jaden Bradley from IMG Academy. Nate Oates just keeps that steady line of four and five stars. Rodney Rice, you know, recently a visitor. Uh, Now you're going to have Jaden Bradley, a five-star originally from the state of North Carolina. I believe he was at Michigan last week, according to his profile at 247sports.com. Looks like Arizona coming up. And he's originally from the state of North Carolina, so the Tahills of UNC also in the mix for the top 10 nationally ranked player, Jaden Bradley. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now as we also get ready for some super regional baseball action on the Cable Vanderbilt. Uh, getting underway in Nashville with the Commodore Super Regional Series against the Pirates of East Carolina. So you got some college baseball this weekend. You got three series involving SEC teams getting underway today. I believe it's three. And then a couple tomorrow, including uh, Tennessee and LSU in Knoxville. Let's talk to Lewis first, though. Lewis, how are you doing?
3: Doing great, Travis. Uh, the twelve-team playoff, I'm fine with that as long as the top four, you know, get a bye, which I think Alabama would. But can I can I take go somewhere with a question that's not quite on that topic? But Travis sure. I always like your insight about sports, uh, you know, and, and games that you've seen and and your your history and so forth. I have seen a lot of great Alabama games. Uh, through the years. I was at the Music City Miracle as far as the Titans-Buffalo Bills classic game. But the most exciting sporting event I've ever witnessed live was, was when Pistol Pete Maravich made I think it was 69 points in a loss to Alabama at Coleman Coliseum. And I'm just curious Travis, if you don't mind going down this road, what would you say is the most exciting live sporting event you ever witnessed? And lastly, Sometime when you when you know, you can ask him. I'd love
2: to hear what Pops would say to that question. <laughs> I think Pops would, hey. I think I know what Pops' will be, but I will ask him that, Lewis. I, I think it's gonna hey. it's gonna open some old wounds for Pops. But uh, Oh no, we'll get a that loss him. is it a loss? <laughs> oh, it's a loss. It's a loss. Oh, I wow. think it's a loss from nineteen eighty. And it's a uh, that oh, means wow. it's deep. The wound, the scars. But Lewis, I we don't mind. we don't mind reopening those with Pops, you know? <laughs> So we'll uh he also had a high school football loss that might be up there. Uh state championship oh, wow. game football loss in 65 that he may well, put up there too. I love it though, Lewis. We'll definitely ask him.
3: Okay, that's great, Travis. Enjoy your weekend. Love the show.
2: Thanks, Lewis. Yeah, in terms of most exciting sporting events that I've attended, you know, it's going to be tough just based on the finish to top Alabama-Georgia, right? In the 2018 college football national championship game. How do you top that one, Lewis? Especially when you talk about finishes, a walk-off from a true freshman quarterback who was inserted into the game after halftime and tuatanga Aloa to another true freshman in Devontae Smith, one play after taking a 14 no, 16, right? 16-yard 16 sack to a took on that first down. So it's kind of hard for me to top that one. Alabama-Georgia. I'll say another one involving Georgia. Alabama-Georgia in the 2012 SEC Championship game in the old Georgia Dome there in Atlanta-Georgia, Daddy. It felt like the roof at times was going to come off that place. And if you were there, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe not as exciting, but that same type of energy, 2009 SEC championship game. Some Alabama home games, 2009 Alabama LSU, 2007 Alabama LSU. And that was a seven and six Alabama team, but there was some serious juice in Bryant-Denny Stadium, especially when Javier Arenas took the punt back in the second half for a touchdown. I'll even go into the Shula era, another beatdown, but the level of energy and crowd noise and all those things, Alabama-Florida 2005. Unfortunately, it ended with quite the sour note, with Tyrone Prothro sustaining that career-ending injury there in the northeast corner of Brian Denny Stadium. But before that, it was crazy-juiced. So those would be up there probably more so from the Alabama perspective. I would also say 1993, Notre Dame, Florida State, Charlie Ward at quarterback for the Seminoles, and the Irish knock off Florida State in South Bend, I was at that game at Notre Dame Stadium, which was at the time one of those one of those game of the centuries, right? That one would be up there for me. So from a football perspective, those would be the ones I was at. Uh, Florida, Alabama in the inaugural SEC championship game with the way that game ended. Antonio Langham's pick six to put Alabama over the top and propel, the Crimson Tide to the national championship appearance against Miami and the Sugar Bowl, which they would go on to absolutely brutalize the less than modest Miami Hurricanes of that time. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. 342 9904 What about it, Jacob Harrison? Most exciting sporting event you have attended. What would you have up there at the top of the list?
1: I've been racking my brain because I haven't been to, to too many – big-time events, but uh, I, I did call some uh, Georgia high school basketball playoff games. I called four in a row in one day, and uh, the final game, I think it was uh, DePaul. They had a, a senior player who was one of their best players, but he was dealing with some back injuries during that game. Couldn't have had more than six points on the game, but uh, there was it was a much closer game than anticipated, uh, but he gets a mid-range jump shot. Uh, in, the, in the closing seconds and drains it. And, uh, you know, the, the reaction in that, that tiny arena outside of uh, Columbus, Georgia, was was really awesome to see. Yeah,
2: I mean, it can be at any level.
1: I mean, I mean, it could be youth. It could
2: be high school, collegiate, professional. I saw some high school football games in my time, too. Robert E. Lee versus Pensacola Escambia back around 1984 on the west side of Jacksonville at Pops' alma mater. The stadium they refer to, iconically, as the backyard. Simply put, the backyard. Because the stadium at Robert E. Lee High School, or formerly Robert E. Lee High School now, sits in the backyards of the surrounding neighborhood. And Pensacola Scambia, Jacob, had a sophomore running back by the name of Emmett Smith you may have heard of him. He went on to do some pretty good things, both at the University of Florida and for the Dallas Cowboys. Emmett Smith was a sophomore and was already a phenom at Escambia High School in Pensacola. Same high school that gave you Trent Richardson a few years later. And that game went to, I'll ask Pops too, because I was there with him back around 83, 84 That game went into triple, quadruple overtime, and Escambia finally pulled it out. Lee High School at the time, by the way, had a safety you've maybe heard of. His name, Leroy Butler, went on to a great career at Florida State. Leroy was a part of that fake ruski punt at Clemson uh, that Florida State pulled off. Gosh, it's been 30 years ago now. That that happened at Death Valley in Clemson, South Carolina. And then Leroy went on to the Green Bay Packers and probably should be an NFL Hall of Famer. I don't think it's happened as of yet, but a really good player. That was one for all time for me when you talk about high school football. So, yeah, I like it. Lewis, good topic for us here on the program. And maybe we'll hit Charlie Potter with that as well. Charlie's seen a few, especially in his time, six, seven, eight years now as the beat reporter for us at BamaOnline.com. We'll check in with Charlie Potter. We'll ask Pops about that as well later in the program. When Southern Fried Sports returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this.
0: Alabama football, Alabama football countdown, countdown clock is, is driven by, by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today.
3: WOLTURE! WOLTING!
0: There are, there are, there are 85 days until Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather.
4: Occasionally cloudy, we'll have scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 86. Tonight's low, 72. Tomorrow, partially sunny, a chance of widely scattered afternoon thunderstorms. The high at 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com. Or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not
1: be denied. (laughs) Rumors spread around. United, Texas town. About to check outside the game. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you're gonna go to that
2: whole mile. got a lot of nice girls. All well, that right, so more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tied 100.9 FM Travis Ryer. Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. And at this time on Fridays, we like to check in with our good pal, Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BOL, does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for the 24-7 Sports.com network. Charlie, how you doing this morning? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We won't talk too much Braves because no one can figure that situation out. It doesn't seem like Um, your Orlando Magic, as you told us last week, are in lottery mode. There is uh, a couple of lotteries in the state of Florida, it seems like, on an annual basis. The one the state actually has and then the one that your favorite NBA team is a part of. So we'll try to keep it to Alabama as much as possible. And as we do that, your thoughts initially on this college football playoff expansion buzz. Is this, just, is this just almost assured Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and the Blue Bloods of a place that they already seemingly had on an annual basis? I guess when you look at the seven college football playoffs to this point, Alabama's only missed one. I think Clemson's only missed one. So what really changes in all this, Charlie?
5: Yeah, for Alabama, it doesn't really seem like it's going to mean all that much. Now, you know, just reading it, um, of course, you know, it sounds like this is the way it's going to go, just 12 teams instead of four. Um, The only drawback would be, I mean, you would think with the way that Nick Saban recruits and, you know, with him signing that contract extension and being in town for the foreseeable future, um, Alabama's going to be right there in the mix for, you know, a top seed. And the my biggest beef, and I think a lot of people have said this on social media, is so Alabama would get a buy, a first round buy, and that's deserving. But then they wouldn't get to host a, a game on campus, and and that's not you know ideal, and that that doesn't seem fair, and it it just doesn't. I don't know. I, I don't like that aspect of it. But just in terms of you know Alabama fans and you're know, talking about the playoffs. I mean, really, what changes? uh, You know if if Alabama loses a game, um, you know, I, I still think they'll be right there in the mix. They'll be in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I think it's with the expansion, it just means, you know, Alabama has a little bit more room for error to to be there because if they're a team that goes out and they lose the game late in the season, they're still going to be right there in the mix because of, you know, what they've established and what they've been and just the team that they are. They'll be in the mix for the playoff hunt, and it's going to be hard for them not to make the field, I think.
2: Yeah, the blowback, as you said, seems to have more to do with if you're a top four. Yes, you get a buy, but you don't get the on-campus home game. Um, that say, I guess, you know, five, six, seven, eight might get uh, in that scenario of uh, having a first-round game, and that's important. Not only because you know you'd like to see your team be able to do that, but financially, what it means to uh you know the 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 boom that it can be with that extra game right for a playoff game in in your home stadium and the financial impact for the city of Tuscaloosa and others so it'll be interesting to see how they sort of navigate that process as far as formatting and boy the rose bowl you just can't you can't finish off the rose bowl i guess because the rose bowl continues to be a central figure in all this here's what i say for the rose bowl give the rose bowl Seven and five, fifth place Pac 12 versus eight and four, sixth place Big 10. And those people will be happy. I don't even think they really care about being a part of the playoff. They just want their traditional matchup, a Big 10, Pac 12. So give them that. Give them a seven and five and an eight and four. They can have the parade the morning of the game. They can play at 2 p.m. local time, like they are adamant about doing on New Year's Day. That's how you deal with with the Rose bowl, but Charlie, what do you think about, you know, this, this scheduling of late, since we talk about it, the home and homes uh, that we continue to see from Greg Byrne and Alabama and Nick Saban.
5: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way it's going. I mean, you talk about the benefits of having a, a potential playoff game on your, your home field. Um, you know, Alabama has been a, a big, uh, proponent of these neutral site games, and those are going away. I mean, you know, obviously they're going to play Miami and Atlanta this year, but you know, next season starts these uh, home and homes with going to Texas and then them returning the trip. Uh, but adding, you know, Oklahoma State and Boston College, I, I don't think it moves the needle the ton. You know, it's not as big as you know the traditional blue bloods like a Texas, like a uh, Ohio State, a Notre Dame, some of the teams they already have on schedule down the road. But it shows that they're trying to schedule at least two power five opponents out of conference each season that's big because you know it, it's, it's rewarding for fans because you get to see some of these teams come to Tuscaloosa but you also get to, to travel to some of those I mean that's one of my favorite parts of the job is going to these different college towns and these different stadiums and experiencing uh, the game there and yeah I'm looking forward to the game uh, at Texas next year, but you have know, the two. You know, I think going up to Boston would be a little more uh, exciting than going to Stillwater, Oklahoma. But I, I still think the fact that they're adding teams like this, you know, it, it shows Greg Burns' commitment to to doing this, to changing the schedule as- scheduling aspect and. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think for Alabama fans, it has to be exciting because you get to go to these different places. and You get to experience a Texas come to, to bryant Denny Stadium in 2023. You get this down the road. You never know what's going to happen with these. But, you know, you get in 2029, you get Oklahoma State and Tuscaloosa, and then you travel to Notre Dame. Um, I think that these are smart i think this is the way that you know that alabama schedule is going to look for the foreseeable future because they have these scheduled between next season and through the 2020 or 2035 season uh so i think that you know these are here to stay and i think you know they might not be like i said the blue bloods but i still think alabama fans are excited to get out and to go to some of these places down the road
2: it seems like every time one of these future series is scheduled or scheduled and we look at the dates because they're getting pushed out into the 30s now, the 2030s, we try to connect dots in relation to Nick Saban's shelf life as the head coach at Alabama. Is there a threshold at this point, though, Charlie, that you look at and say, eh, that might be really pushing it when we're talking about this series? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) whenever they
5: announced uh, the Boston College series, um, you know, the, the first game, Uh, I believe it was in 2031, and he had a – in the release, they had a quote from Nick Saban. And I was like, eh, they probably didn't (laughs) need that one in there. But, uh, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about it, just looking at the way that this future non-conference schedule sets up. I've always thought that West Virginia series is key. Uh, Him being a native of the the state, obviously, you know, going there in 2026 and then a return trip in 2027. I think Saban will try to stick around for that at the very least. Now, of course, his new contract goes through 2028. You know, that's a uh, a year where you welcome Ohio State to town and, and get Oklahoma State on the road. Um, so that would be a, a great send-off if that's, in fact, his last year. But, yeah, I mean, when you have the, some of these that are coming out with, you know, Boston College in 2031 and then again in 2034, I, I don't know that we'll see you know Nick Saban uh, coaching in those.
2: One of our callers, Lewis, checked in in the first segment and asked the question in regards to most exciting sporting event uh, I, you, Jacob, our listeners have attended. And for me, it's it was hard not to go with one in which we sat side by side in the press box at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for. We did the same at a pretty good one out in Glendale, Arizona, too, though, Charlie.
5: Yeah, the one in Atlanta, you know, second and twenty-six. I just remember, I think, <laughs> as soon as the ball uh, left to his hand and Smitty caught it in the end zone, I think we just bumped elbows in disbelief and just started laughing. <laughs> I
2: think just we were because, trying to make sure we were both awake.
5: Yeah, exactly. Uh, just be- it was it was a crazy game. Obviously, Alabama trailed at halftime. You make the the switch at quarterback. And you know Tua leads the team back, and Georgia has a meltdown, and Alabama wins the game. It was, it was a real experience to be a part of. Um, you, know, it, you know, you have two SEC teams playing in the national championship game in Atlanta. Um, Held the president was there. All the things that was, uh, led up to the buildup of that, just the the talk that day and the security. It was just a it was a wild college football game with an unbelievable ending that I don't know uh, can be topped. Uh, so that one was that one was crazy. Uh, you know, this past year too, you know, some of those games, just the way that Alabama won them, and you know, with, with all of the the differences, all of the restrictions because of the pandemic, some of those are memorable. I mean, the national championship game uh, down in Miami, the convincing way they won, and just you know, experiencing that with all the plexiglass is something I'll probably remember for a long time. But yeah, it, it's tough to top atlanta in january of 2018 just in the the nature it was one and I, I, again I'll, I'll never forget just you and i looking at each other in disbelief and just starting to laugh <laughs> uh, we were
2: literally mouths wide open literally after that play and plus one of our photographers Stuart mcnair got trucked by irv smith <laughs> right in the aftermath so yeah. it has to be up there famously got trucked in the end zone
5: yeah, I mean, I remember, um, you know, obviously you see all these different camera angles. and stuff, So you can see <laughs> Stuart getting trucked in a variety of different ways. But I think my favorite was someone reenacted the play in Legos, like stop-action animation with Legos. <laughs> and they included Stuart getting ran over in that. So, yeah, that's, that's oh, also something. Uh, when you make it uh, to guy
2: you've made yeah. it, you know. <laughs> wow. You know what, though? I mean, we're just talking wins. I, I think if not for that game, we'd still talk a lot about that went over Clemson and Glendale. Uh, You talk about a game that had it all, especially in the second half. Saban pulling out the onside kick. Kenyon Drake with the kickoff return. Uh, OJ Howard going crazy. Jake Coker making big play after big play. Deshaun Watson dropping dimes all over the place. And you consider the people that were on the field that night. That one, I think, has paid the price of alabama georgia a couple of years later and even the alabama lost to clemson and tampa I Man, you lose a game with one second left on the clock uh it doesn't get any more nail biterish than that
5: no i mean the game in arizona was um was wild uh i, I personally just loved that trip in, in general you know i know people have talked a lot about bowl games and um you know <laughs> mentioned like the fiesta bowl but the media hotel, the whole setup there was, was awesome was, with the game. It was pimp. Yeah. 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 The game lived up to the height and uh yeah, I mean, there, there were in that game just so many, I guess, Daniel Moore like plays with the, the kickoff return for a touchdown, all the plays that OJ Howard made, the onside kick. I remember just, um you know, being in the locker room and, and talking to, to Marlon Humphrey and Bobby Williams about that. And um it was, it was a surreal moment in that regard. But yeah, I mean, it was, that's another all-timer. It's just, you know, when when you win a game in walk-off fashion like that, it's this tough to top 2018. But, yeah. I mean, it, at the same time, I mean, we've we've done it before um, in off-seasons past, just trying to, to rank some of Alabama's wins. It's a, it's a thankless job because there's so many. But these national championship games, you can boil them down, and, and there's some special ones, no doubt.
2: Looks like on the baseball front, uh, uh, Alabama going to have a new hitting coach. I guess Jerry Zuli has decided to move on and pursue interests outside of coaching. It sounds like, uh, I know we had some, some, uh, BOL subscribers on the round table that hadn't been all that happy about Alabama's offensive performance, uh, Charlie during the recently completed season. So I guess it'll be interesting to see where Brad Bohannon goes in that move.
5: Yeah. Um, you know, with, with Jerry Zuli, he was, you know, Coach Bohannon's first hired Alabama when he took the job. Um, you know, they they had a they were on a trajectory up just in terms of you know batting average and the way that they were hitting. But this year it took a step back. I think they batted as the a team two sixty and uh you know, that was the second lowest average during his tenure. And so yeah, he's uh he's stepping away to pursue other interests outside of college baseball and Alabama will be in the market for a new hitting coach, and I know Alabama fans, especially ones on our board, are going to be watching that closely. Because, like we've said, I think there's reason for optimism uh, for this baseball team moving forward. The way that Brad Bohannon recruits, um, you know, obviously you're going to want to go out and and get a guy that can do that. But you know, to uh, improve in hitting, um, I think that's going to be a priority this off season. And uh, you know, we've seen some guys hit the portal already. I think some more are going to be coming down the line, but. Off season, you know it's uh it's, it's the way it is you know we're used to it so used to it really with football with you know coaching changes and, and players hitting the portal it's no different for other sports and, and baseball is experiencing that right now too
2: and as far as alabama men's hoops goes i guess we're still on josh primo watch and that could be the case for a couple more weeks maybe
5: yeah um right now it, it looks like he's going to get invited to the nba uh combine and uh, waiting just for the official list on that. I haven't seen anything about Jaden Shackleford, but that's a, a benchmark date. You know, him getting an invitation there uh, is big. If he can go and perform well, you know, maybe he locks up a, a guaranteed contract. And, you know, like we've talked about in the past, you know, not suggest for them to, to leave if they get that. I mean, if you get guaranteed money at the NBA level, it's, it's tough to pass that up for what that can mean for you and your family. So, um, you know, with him getting an invitation, you know, that's big you know, we'll see, you would assume guys like Herb Jones and John Petty would get one. I think Jaden Shackelford's on the fence, but that's the, that's the next, I guess, big target date. Uh, they have until, you know, July to, to withdraw from the draft and return to school. So we still got about a month to wait, but, um, yeah, with, with Primo, um, him getting an invitation's big, so we'll see what happens. But other than that, no news to report. Um, you know, nobody's really made a decision. Nobody else has entered the draft. Nobody's entered the transfer portal. So the rosters remained uh, the same. You know, the guys on uh, – the newcomers have gotten on campus, and um, Ned Oates had some glowing reviews with them. But other than, you know, guys coming back, guys staying in the draft, it's uh, no news right now. We'll see how the, the NBA combine plays out.
2: And we are in the midst of once of what once was referred to by – Steve Spurrier is talking season. I think it's more tweeting season than it's even talking season these days, but a picture that made its way onto social media in the last week or so of Alabama quarterback Bryce young between a couple of prospective recruits for the future, I guess at Alabama started a bit of a firestorm on social media because the opposing fan bases, it seems took issue or were quick to point out, wow, Bryce Young looks like he's about 5'3 in this picture with these two massive uh, recruits for the future. Uh, and it seems like maybe Bryce's father, Craig, took a little exception with that on Twitter.
5: Yeah, I mean, um, I believe it was a uh, Clemson quarterback, DJ, How do how you pronounce his last name, Ui his yeah, younger brother yeah. and dad, and his, his dad's a big dude. I think uh, his name's like Big Dave. When you got Nate name like that, you know you're a large human being. And his brother's a uh, an edge rusher, you know, coming up in a I don't exactly know what class Hank South would know that better than me off the top of his head, but I believe he's at least six five. So they're they're big mammoth human beings. And you know, I, the truth is, Bryce Young is a smaller quarterback. Yeah, that's just the the crux of it. But that hasn't stopped him from being the number one player in the country. It hasn't stopped him from looking impressive when he's out field. Um, you know the the stature of a quarterback i know was once um, a, a big thing you know you had to be six four you had to be that prototypical quarterback that's not the case anymore you know we've seen guys like drew Brees, russell wilson uh, tua uh Kyler Murray all these guys you know kind of change how people look at the quarterback position now it's tra- it's transitioned more well you need to be you know, mobile and able to move in the pocket and then extend plays with your legs, and, and Bryce Young can do that. He can sure as hell zip the football. So um, I know that you know, those dudes are big. Um, Paul Tyson Heck is a, is a big dude, and some of the pictures of him standing beside Bryce, uh, you can tell the height difference. But I don't I don't think that really matters just in terms of what he can do on the field. I know opposing fan bases is that fun with that. Um, you wouldn't expect anything less. I mean, if it was the case with a different player, Alabama fans would say the same thing. So uh, that's to be expected, but I mean, I I wouldn't make too much of it. I mean, we knew going in that, that Bryce Young wasn't a six three, you know, you know two hundred and twenty or two hundred and thirty pound quarterback. Uh, so I I don't think it's really much to to worry about there.
2: Well, Charlie, as always, we appreciate the time, my friend. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch up again soon.
5: All right, man. Thanks for having me.
2: There he goes, Charlie Potter veteran of the Alabama beat does an outstanding job for us there at BamaOnline.com. I'm sure you already have, but if you haven't give Charlie a follow on Twitter at Charlie underscore Potter P O T T E R. Yes. That whole narrative with Bryce Young isn't going away anytime soon. You heard it even on the A Day broadcast. He had a pass deflected and you heard Kirk Herbstreet make mention of his measurables, his height, uh, even in that regard. Forget about the fact that it was really just a hell of a play by Deontay Lawson. It really didn't have anything to do with height. It was just a true freshman linebacker in coverage making a play that a lot of third and fourth year guys don't. But it's going to be there. That drum beat isn't going away anytime soon. So uh, just get ready for more of it. Going to head to a break when we come back. More of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide, 100.9 FM right after this. tell you SEC town that'll be on fire this weekend probably a couple of them with the college baseball craze impacting five different towns in the SEC footprint Fayetteville will be pretty crazy with the Razorbacks hosting NC State in Super Regional Action out in Northwest Arkansas But I don't think anywhere is going to top Starkville this weekend. Starkville's got Notre Dame coming in. In super regional play at the new dude there in Stark Vegas. First game set for tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m. And if you've never been to a Mississippi State baseball game at the dude, it's uh, unlike anything you'll ever experience. You talk about exciting venues to attend fun places to go. And those people know how to do it. Like they have the soft cooler rule where you can have that six pack soft cooler. Typically you see it at Talladega or NASCAR events, that soft cooler. Well, you can take that soft cooler with beer into duty noble. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a party over there. And you got Notre Dame coming in. Should be a lot of fun. First inning, excuse me, Third inning up in Nashville, by the way, Vanderbilt with a one-to-nothing lead. As we told you earlier, you're going to have three Super Regionals that get underway today. NC State at Arkansas, first pitch coming up at 5 p.m. Central. And then Ole Miss out at Arizona on ESPNU at 8 p.m. Central tonight. And then the two series tomorrow that get underway, Tennessee, LSU. Knoxville is going to be a lot of fun this weekend, too. Think about all the pent-up angst that Tennessee fans are unleashing right now with this baseball team having the success it's having under Tony Batello, who they're about to have to write a big check for, and not just a check, going to have to major upgrade. Lindsay Nelson Stadium, the facilities there. Because that LSU job, speaking of LSU, LSU in town, Paul Maneri on his way out to the Tigers. If they win that series, do they take Tony Vitello back with them to Baton Rouge? So some good baseball action around the Southeastern Conference this weekend. You've kind of grown to expect that, though. Six SEC teams in super regional play that's no big deal anymore and again the potential the potential at least for five sec teams to make the college world series we're gonna head to a break we come back pops coming up on a friday right here on southern fried sports presented by peterbrook chocolatier on tide 100.9 fm pops and more right after this
0: Alabama, Alabama football, football countdown, countdown clock, clock is driven by, by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today.
3: Well done, well done.
0: There are, there are, there are 85 days until Alabama football. No. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally
4: cloudy, we'll have scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 86. Tonight's low, 72. Tomorrow, partially sunny, a chance at widely scattered afternoon thunderstorms. The high at 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: the drummer for those guys right there Frank Beard the only guy in ZZ Top that doesn't have a beard but he has the surname Dusty and Billy certainly have those beards don't they set to visit Tuscaloosa Alabama very soon here makeup show from the COVID year the boys from Texas Pops a big fan of ZZ Top right Pops
6: I just, I just checked out on, uh, live with, uh, what's his name? Uh, that has a, a TV show, uh, live from his house where they play music.
2: Oh, Daryl Oates.
6: Daryl, live, live with Daryl. Or Daryl, excuse me.
2: It's John
6: Oates. (laughs) Holland Oates.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good
6: show. Yeah. I mean, it is really good. I, I enjoy it and Gibbett it was it was killer.
2: <laughs> Still out there making it happen, pops.
6: I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and I'm Hall's very good too. Mm-hmm. Hall knows mm-hmm. they're really Daryl Hall, man. Those awesome. guys are
2: your age, pops. Could you imagine well, being out on the road playing in no, front of
6: crowds, no. every night? Check out our boy, the drummer with the, with the Stones, is eighty years old.
2: Yeah, Charlie. What in the Charlie world? Watts. Yeah, you just couldn't see yourself doing it.
6: No, I mean, I, I, I it would be great to, I mean, I to I, mm-hmm. be able to, but right. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine it. And yeah. I've seen him do it. You know,
2: you're hating. having to break. You're having to break the front and backyard up into segments. You know,
6: <laughs> I can't even cut. cut the grass all in, in one day.
2: And that heat's ratcheting it up on you.
6: Yeah, it is. But, I mean, it's amazing. Those guys can can go. Yeah. But Live from Barrel's House is, is a, a really good show. You, you like know, every the week they have somebody on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So, Pops, we had our caller, Lewis, call up earlier in the show, and he asked me the question, and he specifically said, I'd like to get Pops' thoughts on this as well. Uh-oh. He said he asked most exciting sporting event you've ever attended. Oh my. I the said it f- may bring up some it may bring up some deep wounds for Pops, you know.
6: Well, not not really. Um but the the most favorite would have to be the the Bulls uh high school football
2: game. Yeah, I think That's you've told us that before. In Atlanta. In Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia. That
6: mm-hmm. that was Mid
2: nineties high
6: school. Yeah, grade. yeah. But, the Marist uh,
2: War Eagles pops running that wishbone. Yeah. running that wishbone, that triple oh, yeah. option. And, and and you know Bowles had never seen nothing like that. bowls was a predominantly wing T offense, but did have some wrinkles to that offense, which oh, yeah. Mac Jones would later utilize as well. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a great game, but I'll tell you what, pops. I just talked about it earlier in the show. We were at that game in the backyard at your old alma mater back in the early to mid '80s when Emmett Smith was a sophomore at Pensacola oh, yeah. Scambia High School, and that was a hell of a game, pops. Oh uh, well, you know,
6: I, for some reason, I don't know why I forget that game. I don't. I don't know yeah. why it enters my mind. We're talking yeah. about Emmett Smith in high school. You know? Yeah,
2: we're talking about Leroy Butler.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Leroy Butler. How? Why? How, why do I? I, I forget it. I don't get uh because we dead idea.
2: When we're when we're asked about most exciting games, we default to wins. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a win for the Generals. No. No. no you it, know? It, it, Same thing. I, I don't know how your answer isn't the Lindsey Scott game oh. in nineteen eighty. But well, I that, do because that, it was a loss and you're trying well, it, 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 you're
6: trying it, it to protect. Killer, yourself. I mean, that was killer. But yeah, sitting right there in the end zone, he was running to. It ran right to me, right to me in the end zone. <laughs> I wish, I you could have heard a pin a nice drop in that end zone. Face. I <laughs> mean, it, it was it, <laughs> Nobody could say a word. It was unbelievable. You know. <sighs> the best part of that. The best part of that though was our boys uh, in in the press Larry box. Benson.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, that Got was through a steel chair. He said. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I could listen to He said there was going to gonna be, was gonna be some property destroyed up in St. Simon's tonight
6: <laughs> by all those dog
2: people, he said.
6: And there was too. I We're out
2: of, out of it and gone. You
6: know? Larry Munson yeah. didn't yeah. do any better than that, Pop. The Gators thought they had that game chalked up. I mm-hmm. did too. I thought yeah. I thought we had won that game. But Blue hit Lindsay Scott. That was all she wrote.
2: Yeah, your safety took a bad angle. Gave it oh, away.
6: Gave and up the and game, then it was you know? it was bad, and and the boy went on and played with with the Denver Broncos yeah. for a few years. Tony Lilly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said, "Gee, Manetti, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
6: that was a heartbreaker." Mm-hmm.
2: Now, losses like that—did they make after the game the beer any colder? Or was the beer still cold for you? Well, it after was, it was like still that? cold. Yeah, I don't think they mattered. No, yeah, I mean, you it, didn't obviously like those losses, but I don't think no. the, the beer was warm or anything.
6: Well, you know, the Bulldogs yeah. owned the Georgia when Vince when Dooley was coaching. The Bulldogs owned Florida. I mean, yeah. I, it was it was pathetic. Every year I lost a case of Natural Light. Every year.
2: That and was, was the bet every year. A case of Natty Light.
6: The case of Natty Light is John the Genius Nelson, the friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> he was a big Bulldog fan. He'd call me, and we'd have to put a case on the line. I'd lose uh-huh. it every year.
2: <laughs> yeah, he kind of went that week every year, knowing he wasn't going to have to buy beer that week. Oh, no. You know, he
6: just, no, He, 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 he was to Georgia. But, but it, it, was, it was, Dewey had his number. It was the dangest thing I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Herschel Walker was just a beast. That was all mm-hmm. there was to the be. Spurrier came seen.
2: in and made good on the family business, though. So, boy, oof, yeah. The yeah. number he did on Ray Goff in Georgia, oof. yeah, yeah, that's
6: for sure. Ray
2: didn't last he, long. No, no. Mm. He said he would like to meet. I think he said one time he'd like to run up on Steve in a dark alley. He said. <laughs> you know. And when you did that <laughs> with Spurrier, that's when Spurrier knew he had you right where he
6: right where he wanted you. you. But Spurrier yeah. did that to a lot of people. Oh God. He, he was such a he could be a jerky. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Hey Pops, I see where your baseball coach there at Florida after that abysmal showing in the Gainesville regional says he's staying committed to the Florida baseball program, your kid. Pops. Kevin O'Sullivan. It'll well, be in your page tomorrow Sunday. You'll see it. Yeah. I haven't heard, it, of course.
6: Yeah, you know,
2: mm-hmm. I'm today is a dollar short, but it it
6: it I, I still don't get it. I don't know what what happened. We haven't hold, heard the uh, whole story on that deal. I just
2: there's more I, to the story, pops thinks. Sure,
6: that's, that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. All there mm-hmm. is to it. No, Oklahoma jumped on Florida State there yesterday, and that
2: did that. Yeah, the, your, softball. your softball season's over, Pops. It seems like we jinxed Alabama last Friday, you know? I know. I mean, although, I, know. I mean, you know, that was the day that Fouts through the perfect game, so maybe we didn't, but uh, things so, uh, changed quickly after that. Give Florida State a lot of credit, though.
6: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I do. I mean, they came out, as far as I'm concerned, they came, came from nowhere. They took know? it, yeah. Yeah, they, they had an outstanding World Series. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Oklahoma was, was hitting one offensively, and they had the pitching too. That lefty mm. could throw. It, I thought. I thought yeah. he, he was the best
2: pitcher out. Huh? Gee, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crafty lefty. Play. Throw that rise ball, you know. And it was, it was, hard. It was hard. It was hard. I, I, I thought his stat is, was. That Patty Gasso, the coach of uh, Oklahoma with those four or five national championships, every one of those teams, she's had a left-hander.
6: Right. And, you know, I don't think she, I know she's won these national championships, but she's quietly – she's a, for, for a, a championship team, you don't hear much about her.
2: Yeah, she complains. She protests too much in game. She slows the game down too much, pops. I mean, every other call, she's out of the dugout, pops. I mean, walking out there with a ponytail, you know.
6: Yeah. But but I mean, the girl must know something. Oh no,
2: she does. Great great coach. Legendary coach, no doubt. Alameda,
6: they say is 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 Florida State's going to be coaching on the Canadian softball team.
2: Yeah. She's done a great job
6: in telling. Well, pops, we gotta get out of here on a Friday. But as always, we appreciate your time. All right, all right, man. All right, we'll pops. talk to y'all. We we'll get... talk to y'all
2: later. Stay cool. There he goes, pops. That's gonna do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Thanks to Jacob Harrison. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to pops. Your lunch whistle on a Friday. Southern Animal House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Get your weekend started off right. Get by there for lunch today and maybe dinner tonight as well. They're going to have you covered with that great, great menu, whether it's plate dinners, whether it's burgers, whether it's the best sandwiches you'll ever put in your life. They got you at Southern Alehouse, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.